Hey everybody, it's Drew. It's Blake. And you're listening to the Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Controllers podcast. episode 25 where we make homage is it homage to the great gamefly deity yeah i don't know, I don't know if homage is the right word homage, um, i pay humming. tithe tithe yeah tithe Maybe tithe, tithe is a good word we pay them does that count <laughs> yeah we're paying them for uh everything they may be upset with us gamefly I may may have heard we got game pass and sent gamefly ninjas all dressed in orange because that's Gamefly's colors <laughs> to get us. But we swore we'd still keep doing Gamefly games, so they uh, let us live. We're trying, but it's really hard with Game Pass. Yeah. I mean, we're still playing more Gamefly games than we are Game Pass games. Game Pass, if we, in a way, if you look at our last episode, Game Pass is really us being playing tons of No Man's Sky, which is still the thing we're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, with Gamefly, it does allow us to find the more obscure games. Game Pass seems to be big and new, a lot of it. They they, they hide some stuff in there. Because yeah. I, mean, I don't want this whole show to be about what's on Game Pass, obviously. Yeah. Well, sure, we'll find some weird stuff on there. I mean... When we actually get around to playing yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, No Man's Sky is huge and big and now now popular. It was hated, now popular. It's gotten a lot of... Anyway, this isn't <clears throat> a No Man's Sky episode yet. Yet. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. So we have a couple... Uh, a game's lined up. Do you, we don't want to talk about how many do we? Because we're going to play the episode kind of differently. We we have a few. We're going to plow through them fairly quickly because none of these games we beat. What's the point of these episodes? Exactly, but we didn't hate them per se. They just didn't tickle our fancy. But we do understand it's why they're popular. It ranges from. Um, we talked before ranges from not every game is for everybody. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Franchise boredom for me is what is what I'm on right here. Yeah. Uh, one and um, one is here is uh, I haven't played the series in a long time, so I was curious. So yeah, you know. And then the one here is the game was just too big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and kind of a and uh, not enough voice acting and voice acting in the game with that much dialogue gets kind of boring kind of quickly. And the last one was um, just a ra- last one. The last one was a random game. Now we as we say all this, we we might not get to all of these games. We're going to try to talk about each one kind of in the order we have written in front of us. But we're going to actually keep a little bit of eye on time, so we can wrap up with a really cool band on the end with the, maybe a bigger discussion on that band. Uh, do you want to take the first game, or do you want me to? Uh, I think you could kind of take. More of the first one, you played more than I did, and then the rest, the, the, two of these games in a row right here after this, if we get to them, uh, you didn't play at all. So Very true. So you can say something about them, but you didn't actually play either one of those two. No. So you could you could actually start with the, with the first one on the list here, and we'll uh, roll forward. Our very first game 
is it's a pretty popular one in all honesty actually, i think it's actually before we get to the the games we forgot the our social media bs we'll bust through that real quick you basically search our name or a search our full name or just search two smoking controllers on all of the following things between the Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, Twitch, and Spotify. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about all of this best. I just want to know people that people know that it's there if you're interested in we using all these things. Obviously Facebook and Instagram for obvious reasons. Reddit's my weak one. I don't barely use it. Blake hasn't streamed a game on Twitch in like a month, but he'll get back to it. And Eventually. Spotify has both the podcast and our playlist of the bands we talk about on it. And now, with that, we can go on to the first game. Yes. Our first game, I'm trying to not mispronounce this. I believe it's called Danga Naranpa. I think it's Danganronpa. Danganronpa. Uh, the one we played was the 1.2 reloaded version yeah. for the PS4 that yeah. entirely contains one and two. and two with like enhanced visuals and slight bit of voice acting. Yeah, slightly voice acting. I don't know the original console those were on. Do you know the original console they were on? I don't wrong? know. I'm assuming PS1 and like PSP and stuff. I don't think the games of PS1... Might have been PSP and Vita. I don't remember think. just Vita. Who knows? Yeah, we, we didn't, didn't do we that didn't, much. We didn't get very far. Now, the developer for Danganronpa is a, a company called Spike Chunsoft. It was actually just Spike and just Chunsoft, but fairly recently they um, merged. They combined into one super company. Mm -hmm. They mostly RPG. Uh, I believe Spike was. They were a, 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 an amalgam of adventure and RPGs, mm. while Chunsoft tend to be mostly, it seemed like, graphic novels and visual oh, novels and stuff. That explains like. this game. Where well, they combined the two fairly well. Now, real quick, uh, some of the games, uh, I tried to stick mostly with Spike and them together. I didn't do so much of Chunsoft by themselves. But uh, three kind of big ones. Uh, the the entirety of Danganronpa. How many games is that? It's like four. Then there's some spinoff ones yeah. and mangas and animes, and they're responsible for all of it. Yeah. It's I, think a, it's, I think it's like one of their flagship titles. Need very much so. Now, two other kind of bigger ones. Well, I say kind of bigger. One of, one of them never made it to America. It's Japan only. But it was called... Elvandia story. It was a tactical RPG for the PS2, which was apparently was re received very well. Other than that, I don't know much about it because it was only in never Japan. Came, never came here. Never came here. Did it not? Did it not come here at all, or only came here as a? Didn't subs? come here at all. At all, wow. as far as I can tell. I think yeah. people can find it online, and uh, I've seen people have like English patches and stuff for the PC yeah. mods fan, and fan stuff. putting, yeah, fan mods. 
then another one that I think I believe there's two of these games, uh, Life Science Surgical Unit. Yeah, never heard of it. It's uh, a similar story, but uh, of uh, concept of like a graphic story, but apparently it's I say graphic story, visual novel, but like in the hospital, but was like grotesque stuff going on. Like it's a hospital, but then their doctor's doing. So it tends to be a little more gory and horror, I believe. I don't. I didn't do a lot of. Did that one come to America? Yes, uh, but it, I think it was DS only. And the other big thing I found out was a. It tends to be mostly a localization. Like literally ev all games. They've looked for from English to Japanese, they've done apparently it was like all the Bioshocks, all the Assassin's Creeds and stuff like that. They well, they they changed it from English to Japanese. Yeah, the, okay. the strict it seems to be that was mostly like when I went through their list, that list was vast. Well, somebody's gotta do it. So they were doing mostly localizations for Japan which is pretty cool you know it's a job to do and they still manage to put out stuff on their own yeah now this is in fact a an interactive visual novel you can it's got some parts where you get to run around yeah I played for a whole hour I played for three or four hours just I tried to give it like a night and a morning just to give it a real chance and I just wasn't really digging it the reason we weren't is that it has a cool concept. It's uh, it's the school for ultimate people, young students, uh, ultimate gambler, ultimate baseball player, ultimate debater. They have all these different ultimate titles for all these students, fashion icons, models. It's very anime, of course. Yeah. And all these one-of-a-kind students come to this school to be guaranteed uh future and purpose and job placement and stuff like that but the uh the cherry on top is when you first get there you're given a class of i believe it was roughly 15 people and the principal of the school locks you down in a unescapable under school you have no access to the above school where all the windows get covered yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody pass out or something like that, and, you they, were, and, they, and they wake up and everything's locked down? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's you and 14 other students, and in order for you to graduate, everyone must die but one person. <laughs> Sounds interesting on the front end. It does sound very interesting. You automatically start seeing alliances storming, and you like the super smart students are already like, well... I guess I gotta kill some people, but the the rule is, you can't be found out. Hmm. If you get found out, then you obviously fail the course and you're kicked out of the school, which probably means you're you're murked. Killed, yeah. So all this sounds great, but it kind of comes down to um, reading text boxes and note like. So minimal voice acting, you wouldn't believe in a game that's nothing but talking. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can't... Very picky and choosy, I guess, when it comes to... Because we don't do visual novels, really. I can't remember if any we've done that were worth doing. The difference between those and difference uh, is in that and walking simulators. Walking simulators usually have... Sometimes have very little talking, but a lot to see and poke at. This is just standing in a room, repeatedly talking to kids over and over again. 
and it's usually one of three pictures that are being cycled through. It's very they're very cheaply made, which is also another reason they tend to be forced out a lot because you can make them fairly quickly. I guess maybe it's well written. The series is very popular. I mean, like I said, it's, I think it's let's say who's it? Spike Chunsoft. It's like mm-hmm. their I think it's their flagship, their their money maker. Well, for me, this is my first time playing Danganronpa. But I've already played a game similar to it and was surprisingly blown away. Lost Dimension. It's the same concept. You have to kill someone sort to move of, on. Sort of. Lost Dimension also had combat. It con- exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, the core concept is it's a, it's a you have to murder somebody, mm-hmm. whether they're good or... Sometimes you get to murder a bad person, but sometimes you don't... It's a mystery... Mur- and, Lost Dimension, in my opinion, was loads better. Yeah. I mean, it, it helps to have something to do besides sit there and talk to people. I know. And was, and I'm pretty sure Lost Dimension was voice acted. Most of it, yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure a lot of it was. And it had dope combat. Like, actually had legitly fun combat. So, I mean, I get the comparison, but I think they're... They're two vastly different games, but a core concept being very similar. Yeah, and, uh, and I played a better version of this game, in Lost, my opinion. Yeah, Lost Dimension's not in a school either. No, not really. It's in a murder tower. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand Japan's obsession with high school. I mean, I, I know it's a... Trope? Not a trope. Well, it's a trope for us, but it's, maybe it's for this. It's like a thing. For, it's a cultural cultural difference. High school matters a lot more to them than it does to us. I don't understand the... Well, I think in a lot of things, high school is literally the last time you get to be a kid. As soon as you go past high school into college, you're automatically given responsibility, job, you're... More more responsibility is poured upon you, and that's why everyone seems to focus on like, oh, what if my high school was filled with monsters? What if my high school had ghost girls? What if my mom, you know, what if I died and became a spirit detective, you know, in high school? <laughs> what if we're all high school superheroes? Exactly. Where the plot don't go nowhere. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I don't know. I, that's just a cultural thing. Admittedly, we have a lot of which one I'm looking for people who peak in high school in America, mm-hmm. but we look Majority. at those people and laugh. We're yeah. like, oh, that guy's still telling high school stories in his 40s while he's getting drunk at the bar in his hometown. Like, that stuff happens. Yeah. And we make fun of people. I don't... I. Maybe that same thing happens in Japan, but they're, it's celebrated more, maybe. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Know. So I played maybe an hour. I did one round of talking to all these students... I'll say of no voice acting. Um, wasn't terribly impressed with anything anybody was saying. Uh, they had the game had really no flair to it. I didn't feel like um, it was a real slow burn because it's broken up into chapters. I guess I was like I said I played four hours, maybe five, and I was three or four chapters in, and no one had died yet. And I was like, for a game that's supposed to be about murder. It should be much shorter, like at most, 16 chapters, maybe 17, introduction, and then start we know killing these, some folks. Japanese visual novels are. Somebody's got to say something, and then 12 people got to reiterate the same thing that person just said. Mm-hmm. Go to the next conversation piece, you got to say something, then 12 people got to reiterate what that person just said. Or someone comes out from like, oh, what did I, come, comes from another room, what did I miss? And they Everybody's got to explain it. That is true. So maybe, I don't know, maybe it gets better. A bajillion hours into it, I was bored immediately. That's the... Drew didn't get to this part, but the part that I got to that made me immediately want to turn it off 
was it went from being a murder mystery, then it automatically switched, not automatic, but it, and I, it makes sense that it did this, but then it added another layer where it became a social interaction thing where I had to, I was now given the opportunity I could go buy gifts and start getting people to like me and bribe them. And, and I was like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to, a social interaction thing. I mean, which makes sense, but it yeah, should it's be like persona without the gameplay. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> Personas without the dungeon crawling and the RPG element. Yeah. And I was, I was, that's my least favorite type of thing of making people like me. Yeah. Talking to folks. It's like a dating sim with murder. It's and, a byproduct. And I was just in the background story. Yeah. That's, that seems to be the, the, the big thing in a situation like that, where it's 15 students. It's like, Seven boys and six girls, or however that maths out. I'm terrible at math. Yeah. And then you have to try to get all the girls to like you, and if no, boys, no. if you wanted to, and no. I dipped out quickly. I was hoping to discover a, you know, it's because it's popular. I was hoping to discover like a well-written, really interesting new series of games to get into. And maybe it does get better, but as of the four hours into the first one, I, I'm done unless something dramatic happens. Yeah, maybe somebody I know listen has played it and tell us we should give it a fair run. Uh, if if you're a big anime fan, like a big anime fan, and you think Danganronpa is really great, then don't bother telling us because anime fans are different from from a regular person that thinks something <laughs> is good. They 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 are they think something like people think certain things are really fantastic because of because they have, they have anime standards. Yeah, you know I mean to me. 11 out of 10 animes are really bad. They're quite garbage. You know, it's very rare you even find anything that's even remotely worth watching. Like, we tried to watch, I, I joked about it earlier with the high school students, we tried to watch My Hero Academia, which we, we've watched all all the as much English episodes as we have, and it's 40, 50, 60 episodes. Yeah, I think it's like 57. And like three episodes have been good. Mm-hmm. Like, legit, one was incredible, and two were like good. But we've watched that many episodes, and, and the plots hasn't moved. No. So like that's just I'm I'm not an I'm really not an anime fan. I'm told to watch certain anime sometimes because I think they'll turn it around. People think it'll turn around for me. Like I I don't know I don't like that. I hate absolutely hated Attack on Titan. Well, because the thing nowadays with most anime, and probably even like anime games, is drag it out forever for merchandise money. I guess that's well, anime is drag it out because they they uh, a manga is popular and like in like three issues and like let's make a TV show it's like how about you let that manga simmer for a minute and your show immediately runs past the manga and has no idea what it's doing and then you have to retcon that like look at Full Metal Alchemist it went off a vastly different completely redo the whole anime and then they did Brotherhood which has it went back to the manga yeah it's duh we can talk about that for hours I've I've never even seen Brotherhood Everyone says it's better, but it's uh, yeah. Well, not going to anime tangent, but yeah. anyway, if you love anime and you think Danganronpa is perfect, don't bother me because uh, you're probably wrong. Uh, I don't. I but don't. if you say one of the later ones that are fully voice acted, I might give that a go. Yeah, maybe. I mean, again, it's fully talking. It's very anime style. I mean, hire some anime voice actors, or just turn it to an anime. And well, Danganronpa, Danganronpa has an anime, yeah, so maybe just I don't watch know. Which, that I don't know which games are turned to anime. I don't know if the anime is even based on the games. It's the same storylines, but it has it. You know, it's crazy. One cool tidbit I did kind of figure out: it's the name in itself, mm-hmm. Danga, uh, Ranpa. Mm-hmm. Danga is a uh, Japanese for the word bullet. 
while Ranpa is Japanese for the word refute. So the name's Bullet Refute translated. I thought that was kind of yeah, It's got some weird name. The first game has, a, I think all of them have subtitle, like a, like a subtitle that's like Trigger Happy Havoc. I think this one, this yeah. one is. So apparently there's guns in this one at some point. I'm sure they I think they all, all the games have a weird little, like a, like a really dramatic subtitle to them. Yeah, I think one was like, I think I saw the title was like Dream House of Despaired Damsels. <laughs> I have no idea. Anyway, um, I think that's kind of it that's for, enough that for that one. one. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. I don't think I'll play any more of this. I won't touch any more of the series unless I don't know. Well, I, I played it first. I told Blake what I felt so far. And I told him to play. If he plays further than me and, and something really turns around, to tell me, and I'll turn it back on. You know, and, and give it more of a push. But he didn't. He told me he was done with it after one or two sittings and didn't even bother telling me to go back to it. So that's mm-hmm. that's that's how we. We trust each other on that kind of stuff, and I, we dipped it out and tossed it. You want to take the lead? Yeah. So the next game um, is from a long-running franchise. Uh, Blake refuses to touch the franchise. I might convince him on the new game. Maybe we have one of the new games uh, in the house because they've tried to reinvent the franchise. But the most recent one, I tried. I've been trying to play the whole series in order. Like release order, not chronological. Who knows the freaking chronological order? But uh, I, Gamefly recently sent me Assassin's Creed Rogue Remastered. It's where I, that's how behind I am on Assassin's Creed as a player. That's where I am in the series. Uh, before that was Black Black Flag, um, which I actually uh, quite enjoyed. Black Flag. It's a terrible Assassin's Creed game, but it was a really fun pirate game with little to no plot whatsoever. As you just sail around the seas, murdering people it was basically what you do in that game. Shark fishing. Shark fishing and just underwater diving sequences, which are really cool. All that stuff is a was in Black Flag. Anyway, uh, uh, we we got this stuff on here like developer and stuff like, like that. Do you have? Well, it's it's it is Ubisoft, but it's Ubisoft Sophia. Okay. So and so that, that breaks it down to a much smaller category. Just a branch. So there's all the branches of, of Ubisoft that. Uh, but I can give you a kind of maybe a reason why Rogue was garbage. Yeah, I don't feel. I don't even know if it was garbage. I was I was just bored. Uh, like I said, franchise getting stale but you can what do you know let me break into this uh, it's so it's uh ubisoft sofia because it's based in sofia bulgaria mm-hmm. they've developed only a handful of titles literally the first one being tom clancy's ghost recon shadow wars which was a tactical based game for the ds <laughs> then they went on to do imagine fashion designer crap Chess Master, The Art of Learning, and uh, Assassin's Creed Three Liberation. See, I liked Liber- Liberation was all right. I didn't know that was the same developer, yeah. But all of them were handhelds. This is their first console game. Yeah, Liberation. See, I played Liberation when it came to Xbox. 
It was originally a DS game or a PSP Vita. Vita game, yeah. And I played it when it came to Xbox. Liberation was actually all right. It's one of the few times you had to play as a girl. And you like that one better than you because you didn't even finish three. So the two Assassin's Creed games that I've quit playing was three because I, man, do I not care at all about American history. I could not care less. We know it's terrible. I know. Yeah, it's awful. Like all the other Assassin's Creed games that are based in other time periods, way more interesting. You bring it to America, lose interest immediately. Like I, I, I quit Assassin's Creed three. I, I gave it a fair, a fair go of it. But I was just like, colonials, Indians, yawn. This is boring as hell. So I, I, I quit that one. And I read on, I read on the thing what happened, so I can move on to the, whatever Assassin's Creed came after three. Who knows? I've lost track now. It might have been Black Flag at that point. I think so. And then now I've, I've quit. I quit Rogue. Because it has all the uh, all the same gameplay and all the same everything that Black Flag has, and, and like uh, suppose and even even weirder and less imaginative beginning. And Black Flag is just kind of like you're chasing a guy and like you kill him and you, you take his boat in the beginning of that game and just like start sailing around murdering people. And I was like, this is what we're doing. That's the that's that's as thick as the plot gets in, in Black Flag. <laughs> And you're chasing some assassin guy. And this is the opening moments, and you kill him, and you take his boat. That's as thick as that plot gets. And what was Rogue's just... Rogue, uh, you're just some guy named Shay working for this other guy. Like, I think you're an, you're an, uh, you're an assassin mm-hmm. or a younger assassin, like a, like a low-ranking assassin working for a master assassin in a boat. And you're on another, another island, and you happen to kill some guys on a boat, and the guy don't want the boat. So he's like, here, Shay, take this boat. And you get on the boat. And that was it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. And then you get on the boat, and, and when you, as soon as I get on that boat, the game immediately turned into Black Flag. And I was like, oh. And I liked Black Flag, but this was so Black Flag. Like, it was the same game. Like, the the guys immediately start doing the the, the sea shanties. Like, it's, it turns all into, a, like, the game just turned into Black Flag. Was no visual differences, no like the, the ocean is the ocean. You 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 know you land on little towns, the same town that looks, looks like the same towns. I mean, I would almost think it was the same damn map, to be honest. I mean, the game's good. I know Rogue has a supposedly has a unique story because uh, you play a Shay who's an assassin who supposedly betrays the assassins and joins the Templars. And I don't know why uh, I didn't play long enough. I was as soon as I got I got bored. Almost immediately. It sounds like it could have been a cool story if it wasn't it's, copying and pasting well, a other game. Yeah, the, the gameplay, I think, is where uh, a lot of the time is what drew people away from the, the later Assassin's Creed. My favorite Assassin's Creed was always Brotherhood. I think the series peaked way back way back when then. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brotherhood, I think, was the best it was ever going to be. Not counting, maybe maybe when they, when they revamped it recently, well, a couple of years ago now. I just didn't want to do all the boating around and all the... Everything that was involved in Black Flag, I like I got what I needed out of Black Flag. I really enjoyed Black Flag, you know, as a as a game. It wasn't really Assassin's Creed. I wouldn't even count it. Black Flag is why that Skull and Bones game exists. Well, pseudo exists. Yeah, it's been... they they can't get it out in in time. Uh, if you <clears throat> follow the news at all, the Skull and Bones, the most recent news is they're going to try to reevaluate the game and make it. More Fortnite-like. More Fortnite-like with uh, live events and bull crap like that. What happened What happened to Skull and Bones was uh, Sea of Thieves beat them to the punch. And did a fantastic job, apparently. Supposedly, we haven't played Sea of Thieves yet. 
went besides the beta, which I did not like. But I think they've added a bunch. It's gotten a lot better. Sea of Thieves is what we plan on playing with our buddy Nick after we ever get sick of of uh, No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. But but Skull and Bones exists because of Black Flag. Is why it exists. And uh, I guess Rogue wanted to ride. Now, Rogue came out like twelve minutes after Black Flag. Yeah, like it, it was like they were hot on the heels of Black Flag. Rogue also hit right at the time of the console jump generation jump, and nobody gave a crap about Rogue. Rogue crashed and burned. It was it was doomed to fail. Like Ubisoft lined them up to fail from the beginning. Yeah. Because uh, you immediately went into it. They had already God knows. Twelve minutes after Rogue came out, put out Unity, which was the biggest. Well, Where biggest Syndicate falling that afterwards. Okay. Syndicate's after Unity, Jesus so Unity Christ. Unity happened, and which was one of the biggest, biggest failures in the franchise. The most gro- one of the most gross games they ever put out. The, all the the worst glitches, the air everything. Their their debut on the on Xbox One and PlayStation Four was a complete train wreck and. About right there is about where they nearly killed the franchise. I mean, and then Rogue was buried before that in between Black Flag and that new generation. And everyone noticed. Like, everyone. Oh, it was yeah. one of the biggest franchises. Yeah. Uh, and then people started realizing, you know, it's been the same game for, like, the last well, six games. People have been saying that for yeah, years. I but uh, I did end up playing, though. I didn't wait a long, long time and then ended up playing Game Flight. And the Rogue Remastered, you know, I guess maybe it looks better. I don't know. To me, it just looked like. More black. I think I played Black Flag Remastered. Is there a Black Flag Remastered? I don't know. I played on Xbox One, so I played it. But uh, uh, because of the boredom of the series, my intention was to pl- you know try to play them all. But um, I don't see much reason to really play Unity or Syndicate. I think I would end up turning on Unity or Syndicate and turning them off immediately within a couple hours of because I because I know Unity doesn't do boats and stuff like that. Unity goes back to like classic Assassin's Creed and I've done did that like six or seven times uh, so I mentioned I imagine I'll be bored immediately and then mm. the same thing with Syndicate though I was kind of curious of the twins in Syndicate the, the, the twin characters isn't that supposed to have like co-op but like not main story co-op some I, other... I don't know I think Unity has some form of co-op Syndicate was another stretch I'm trying to do something and then after Syndicate the franchise went went dormant for a couple of years and that's when they that's when Origins happened. And Origins is where I might try to... I haven't played Origins yet. That's how I still continue to be behind them on the series. Because Origins uh, reinvented the whole franchise, I guess. Added RPG elements, um, other various things. I listened to a podcast, uh, Kane and Rents again. I know I keep throwing them in here. Uh, they were doing a, a thing about it not too long ago. Made it sound pretty interesting. And still interesting and stale at the same time. Like they said, because of what it is, it's... There's a lot of cool stuff, and there's a lot of dumb stuff. It's but just it's still Assassin's Creed. Sort of. They've changed it so much now. Then why even still call it Assassin's Creed? It's, it's the name that sells. I know. I hate it. I hate. Yeah, it, it, it's gotten so far from being what it was originally about that I don't know. If they don't put the name Assassin's Creed, I swear some of these developers would love to call their game something else. I even assume some of these games weren't even meant to be Assassin's Creed games sometimes. But the guy forbid Ubisoft's like, if you don't put Assassin's Creed on that title, we're not going to make it. Because no. it's not, it's, there's not a... Well, they've yet to do the one that everyone actually wants. What, Assassin's Creed Japan? Yeah, Whatever. Assassin's yeah. Creed. The one, they, the one the fans asked for, they refused to make. Because they did a China one. Yeah, that was a side-scroller. It sucked. Russia and uh, what was the other one? I don't know. Anyway. Liberation, wasn't it? Liberation was the... Oh, India. India, yeah. It's actually like Liberation. Liberation was colonial, but uh, it was in like Louisiana. It was crocodiles and stuff. It was, yeah. 
And it was short too. It was not a not a full Assassin's Creed game. I'm getting off track here. But uh, I think I'll move. I think I'll move forward. I'll, one of these days, I'll I'll turn Origins on because they just, you know, even if I play Origins and still, you're still too behind. Yeah. Well, by the time I even, I'm sure I won't even start Origins until whatever whatever's after Valhalla comes out. Because it's too much. Yeah, Valhalla. You know that game only exists because God of War has been so popular. God of War and Hellblade. Hellblade, Hellblade. is similar. Somewhere, somewhere. That's the only reason they've even did Valhalla. And I would think. On top of all that, just because it's in the mythos, Thor, Ra- uh, Thor Ragnarok, and yeah. stuff like that, people are really into Norse mythology right now. Yeah. So that's probably it for Assassin's Creed. It's a, a franchise that Blake has never touched. I don't even think he played the very first Assassin's Creed. I played the first one, realized I was like, oh, it's the same thing a lot. I don't want to play this. I, I rented it from Blockbuster when I worked there, played it for a couple of days, took it back, and I'm glad I washed my hands of it. Yeah. So uh, I'll I'll be able to tell him if if Origins is worth just playing as a game, if not an Assassin's Creed game, if just playing as a game. We don't know. We don't know yet. I've heard a lot of mixed things about about Origins, mm-hmm. and that uh, Odyssey fixes a lot of the Origins problems. But yeah, who knows? You ready to? Yeah, we'll move on. That's enough about Assassin's Creed for one episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is. Um, Another game that Blake didn't play at all. He wasn't interested at all to begin with, so I didn't. Really, I, I wasn't going to bother him with it. This game is Ace Combat Seven: Skies Unknown. Do you know anything about the developer? Uh, just a little bit. Oh, the developer is Bandai Namco Entertainment. They developed. I thought they just published. As far as I can tell, I think they developed it. This is one of the ones like, they've developed every Ace Combat. I think Namco. Yeah, I think Namco did, but then they merged. Then they merged, so Namco had been doing them for years. Just so you're aware of of Bandai Namco, think like any anime game you've ever played, Naruto, One Piece, DBZ, Gundam games. Yeah, they're all about it. Including that, uh, they've also are responsible for a lot of of the Soul Caliburs, Mm -hmm. a lot of the Tekkens, as well as the Tales games. And uh, the, when I tell like Tales of Vesperia, Tales of Bazaria, the old, those Tales games, not like even the modern ones. Yeah, I think probably some, even some of the old ones. Yeah, just the Tales of game Franchi- franchise. franchise. Yeah, I didn't want it to be confused with like Tales of the Borderlands or anything like that. Oh. Uh, but one cool tidbit I did figure out: uh, uh, this statistic is based entirely on revenue for the company. But Bandai Namco is the third largest uh, developer of video games in Japan, mm. and seventh in the world. Wow! Because they just they, they just take everything and based entirely on revenue that that they're large. I don't know if they maintained it, but did, didn't they publish Dark Souls One? I think the first one. Just Dark Souls One. Sony dropped the ball. Sony did Demon Souls, and then they kind of dropped the ball. I didn't see that tidbit. I just saw like see, the main. You focus. didn't see if Dark Souls was on was, was on there was on there. <laughs> I didn't see it on their Wikipedia page. Okay, maybe it's not there. Maybe it was somebody I can't remember who published somebody because like I remember back when uh, Sony published Demon Souls, of course, and then uh, Demon Souls wasn't very popular at the time, so they didn't. Sony didn't publish Dark Souls, and then Dark Souls hit the big time. <laughs> So I forget if it was Bandai Namco or somebody else, but uh, so whoever published Dark Demons Dark Souls ended up hitting it big, and but Sony felt real dumb after that. 
It's not that big a deal. Yeah. Um, That's a publishing thing. Who really cares? Uh, get back to Ace Combat. I've never actually played any of these games all the way through. I've maybe played two or three Ace Combat games in my entire life. We used to play them when we were younger. We would just uh, didn't bother with the story. We'd go straight into the multiplayer and play a little bit of uh, just jet on jet combat. Um, I was the only person that ever liked it. Everybody I ever played with hated it. Blake hated it. Uh, their cousins and stuff like that. Everybody hated playing jet combat games. Uh, I don't know if it's because I was better at it or if they just didn't like the flying or what it was. So I've never actually did any, up until now, did any of the storylines for any of the Ace Combat games. I think they all have. Pretty sure they all have like full campaign stories. I'm not entirely sure. I'm not super invested in the franchise. I'm still not now. I was curious enough, and this is what Gamefly is for. I was like, what's Ace Combat like now? So we'll just you know drop it on the Gamefly, and eventually it'll pop through, and there it is. Hey, you are right about it being um, Dark Souls 1. Just just one? Just one, as far as I can they tell. They didn't keep their hands on the franchise after, after that? Mm-mm. Hmm. I think they would, because a huge success Dark Souls was. It's also a weird in their, a weird thing to have in their portfolio. They also do a lot of, like, Kamen Rider, Idol Master, all, all the Tales game, and anything that involves the word Gundam. <laughs> anything that involves the word Gundam. Because they did the, uh, what's the, the, the Dynasty Warrior style one, and then just yeah. a whole bunch of other Gundam Breaker, Gundam yeah. Reborn. Apparently Pac-Man games, too, is their forte. Yeah. Well, that's Namco. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of Pac-Man for Namco. Um, oh, since they're here, Dark Souls 2. Okay. Maybe, maybe they did 2 and 3. I don't I don't. I don't, I didn't keep track of that. Would you let that franchise go if you couldn't help it? No. <laughs> they should, hopefully they didn't. But they may have, because I'm not seeing... Oh, Cyber Sleuth. Yeah. Which the anime me, game, yeah. Bored me out of my mind, yeah. Oh. I love Digimon, but... Oh, they also did the DLC for Dark Souls, but yeah, I don't want to keep going down this path because apparently it can go on forever. Yeah, they're they're a big, big, a big, big publisher. Um, so Ace Combat again. Here we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said GameFly, rent it, see what's going on. Play the camp. I just wanted to play the campaign. See, if there's like a like a story here, and there is a a story. There's cutscenes and like beautiful beautiful cutscenes and story going on. I get real lost early on. I get, first you're like playing as a girl, which I don't, I don't, I didn't write her name down, and she's got like a, like a broken plane or something like that, something like that. She's trying to fix, and she's just, uh, just a just a random person, just with with a plane and wants to fly. And this story on her dad flew or something. I can't remember the whole the whole plot of it. Cause I, I mean, I already this is kind of this is kind of a few months ago probably I played this, but I was kind of interested in that kind of storyline, and then it. It almost immediately cuts away from her. Anytime you end up playing missions, it cuts away from her story and goes immediately to you're playing some dude in the military. Mm. So it's just like, oh, here we go, military missions, and, and there's a military briefing and blah, 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 do this and do that. So I get it, you know, military is how it is. Ace Combat's like, I don't want to say it's like Call of Duty in space, but it's just got real generic. Now, I did end up... Uh, had a cool moments, ended up turning the story a little bit, which was kind of neat. I'll go into that right here in a minute. So you are just doing like generic military combat things like go fly here, destroy these buildings. And the, the, the game's, the game's gorgeous. Of course it's ace combat has always been a, like really gorgeous games for some reason. I don't know how they've always had some 
pretty stellar graphics for what they are. But they tend to be a lot of um, top-down. They don't have to focus on as many details up close well, and yeah, personal. Well, yeah, you're up in the sky, so a lot of the planes look good and everything like that. All the individual pieces on the planes that move and look really cool. So you're kind of just flying around, and I like the flying. It's fine. I only crashed like one time. And they let you land the planes too, which is kind of cool. But it really is just, you know, go shoot these planes out of the sky, go blow up these buildings, shoot this convoy. Did you get to land on like an aircraft carrier or anything like that? Or were you constantly... Once, yeah. I think I did one, one time, yeah. It's pretty cool. You get like bonus, you get bonus like credits if you don't crash your plane when you land it. Or I kill the poor guy. <laughs> kill, kill anybody. So, uh, but then we got to a pretty interesting thing. So two things that were, uh, might have been the same mission was interesting was, because it's always kind of, as fast as the game can be though, it's like this one mission where I had to like fly in between these these radars so this was like a real slow going I got I like a big map and my, my I'd watch my on my radar of where the radar was and I had to fly my plane in between the where the radar could because I was flying low and flying in, in between oh, so the radar you're trying to be stealthy and not be seen yeah, oh, like, okay not get caught which I didn't get caught it was kind of easy the map had a had a clear indicator of where the radar was I'm just kind of flying my plane kind of chill and the guys are talking in my headset like you're doing good only so far to go all that stuff happens we get to that part of the thing. You're flying a jet? Yeah. Just because the radar can't see you doesn't mean they can't hear your jet engine going off. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe they rely so heavily on their it might radars, be true. I guess. It might be a lot of... Sitting inside buildings, I don't know. Maybe they hear jets all the time. That is true. The whole game's about jets. Uh, but that leads to part to a thing where we uh, are assaulting... I don't know if it's the same mission or the next mission. We're assaulting a place and then... Uh, we're supposed to be escorting a president or a leader of some sort. It might have been the president or if it was a president. I don't know who it was. Some some really important guy ends up, is, in a, is in a plane, too. We're supposed to be escorting him to safety. And he ends up getting, a, like, where I'm, my character's there uh, supporting and protecting and stuff like that. And the, and the president's plane gets shot down and he gets killed. And the... They blame the main character. I don't know his name. Just some dude, John Doe, Doberman, John Doe Smith. John Doe Smith. Uh, he gets blamed for the. They throw him under the bus. They know he didn't do it, but they they need to blame somebody. So they throw him under the because he's the new guy, and they throw him under the bus. It's kind of a cliche story. Uh, but then he gets what's the word dishonorably discharged, whatever it is from the military, and, or he actually gets a. What's the one where you get arrested? Dang it! There's a word, military word for it when you get a when you get military arrested. But he gets arrested by the military and goes off to this place where they send military criminals to this base where they basically they have planes, but they really fly planes as dummies. Like it's like a, it's like a fake base, and they send up planes to distract the enemy and scare enemies away with like planes that don't even have guns on them. These criminals are meant to just fly up and be decoys and die just to scare off uh, other enemy craft in the area. Like the base, it even real base. There's a couple of planes there and all this nonsense. I did a few missions for that, which ironically, in the, in the, in the story, they're like, we ain't got the best planes. We ain't got the blah, blah, blah. Take this clunker over here. And then the game immediately gave me access to the planes I had bought earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so I had like a brand new shiny plane. I was like... All right, whatever. With guns? Well, they lay lock the guns. Uh -oh. but I have all my guns. They, they just turn them off. They turn them on. And they have a, it has a, has a switch. You can flip guns on and off in his office. We fly around. And it's just more, as that storyline was almost maybe kind of interesting, 
And it was just, I mean, it, it gets back to the gameplay. I'm just kind of flying around shooting guys out of the air and then shooting some buildings and the guys yelling at you the whole time to do something. I assume my guy's going to, was going to break I me. Mean, I just about, I did two or three missions of that. And I was kind of like, it was a night or two where I didn't play. And I think I told you, I was like, I kind of think I get the gist of ace combat. I think I got the taste of ace combat that I wanted. Just flying planes and shooting people out of the thing. There wasn't anything super fantastic happening. I don't know what I expected, which is fine. That's what the whole point of game flies. You don't know, really know what you're going to get from a game. Especially a game in a franchise I haven't probably played since, oh man, maybe the PlayStation 1 days. Ace Combat 7, there's a long, I think there's a long gap between 6 and 7. So it's been a long time since they made one. I think so. I didn't see the, uh, the exact yeah, it, don't, it don't matter. Yeah. But... Uh, if you want to fly jets and shoot people, maybe it's the game for you. I, I got kind of bored in the story. Like it, it would kind of every now and then it would cut back to the girl and she'd be talking about planes and blah, blah, blah. And they would, when it's time for a mission, cut back to the guy. John Doe Smith. John Doe Smith. And I don't know. I was wondering if her story was going to go anywhere. She'd end up doing anything maybe, but. Is there any chance that she could have been his daughter? And she was trying to redeem him, and this was a frame story. I think her dad was dead. I don't know. It kept popping back and forth so much. It was it was confusing. It was done very confusing. Mm-hmm. So it might have been a good movie or a miniseries or something. I think when I was looking up music for this kind of stuff, it was I looked up music on YouTube. There was like an Ace Combat Seven anime. I was like, well, because it's a Japanese it's a Japanese yeah. game of a Japanese company. So I was like, huh, that's somewhat interesting. So, um, I think that's about all I got for this. If we want to go, that's three games. If we want to go deep into the band, now's probably a good time to do that. That's about where we are. Um, what do you think? Do you want to do, because there's, I mean, there's always going to be another gameful episode and the whole point of it is just to keep rolling down the list. We could knock out one of these really fast, but the other one would be a little deeper, and it would it the it the deeper one deserves respect and to not be rushed. So I think if we just want to do the three, just do three, yeah. And the other ones ain't gonna go nowhere. Hell, they're on a list of games we've played anyway. You just have to remember that you've done those three. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's easy to remember that kind of stuff. So anyway, I think we'll. So we had five games lined up. We're getting a little later in the time, which is which is fine, which is how we planned it anyway. And I think we want, we want to dedicate maybe a good piece to this band. Because I don't know how long we'll talk about it. It's one of our favorite bands, one of our favorite albums ever. Definitely. So if you want to, sw- we want to switch over to that. I can, we'll start, I'll just start by saying, we reason we're doing this particular band, this actually is a bigger band, so we'll, we may get sued. This could be the end of the podcast. This is a bigger band, but we had mentioned episode, a couple episodes ago, we, we got on a small discussion of bands and double albums and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were wondering of all the bands that do double albums and why they do them and all that nonsense. A lot of ba- a lot of bands do really stupid double albums for no reason. It was the was it the Gemini Syndrome album? Maybe, but they weren't doing double albums. They're just doing yeah, a, a, a trilogy of albums. But a lot of bands do double albums just because I don't know that they, they don't want to throw some songs away. Like there's barely there's real, almost no good double albums. Like Blake said, maybe System of a Down's Hypnotized, Mesmerized, Mesmerized, Hypnotized, whichever, whichever way it goes. Can't mm-hmm. remember. Is one of the ones that actually flows like one extended album. Uh, most are bad. I feel like most are just don't don't put these songs out. Like don't just do it because you have enough songs. Man, lots of bands cut out tons of songs. We never we, we never even hear. But then they do release like ten years later. They release our B sides and stuff like that. Like, or or like Disturbs 
Lost Children. Yeah, that was cool. I do like that. That was actually good. That, and it's, it's kind of, there's lots of good stuff on there. Well, one, one, one song that comes straight to mind that we never got to hear was uh, Seven Deaths' Cold Day Memory. Cold Day Memory was the name of a song that didn't actually make the cut for the album <laughs> the Cold da- Day Memory. Yeah, I was wondering what that song was. was Seven Deaths hadn't put out any uh, B-sides. I don't think there are no B-sides albums. What do you have? They ain't in, in, in Angel's Son? Well, that, that's on an album, so that's not going oh. count. Well, we do well some Seven Deaths. They, they don't have any double albums, I don't think. They had a bunch of albums, no yeah. double albums. Um, so the one we're going to talk about now is because... This is the best double album because it because it actually tells a story from start to finish, all the way through two whole parts, ascension and then dissension. Mm-hmm. This is Coheed and Cambria's "The Afterman." I mean, the album's so good that we got we we have a couple of tattoos. I got a couple of band tattoos, and Blake does too. He usually takes a a band in general to get a tattoo if you get enough albums you like. But Blake's tat Blake got a tattoo that's specifically Afterman. It's specifically the album's album's so good that he got a tattoo that's specifically for this album. That combines two of the songs into one giant representation on my arm. Yeah, so. That says anything about how good something how good something can be. Um, I think by a um, a long, long, long shot, it's the best thing Coheed Cambry has done, and probably will be the best thing they ever do. Well, even Claudio's been asked. Claudio Sanchez, the lead lead vocalist, and writer, and writer for all the stories, and as well as the comic books that have come to fruition, he's even said when he asked, "What's been your favorite album?" and he said, "Afterman." Yeah. He said it was his favorite one. It just the amount of effort and everything he put into it, and just musically, it was wonderful. And mm-hmm. and for me, I think Afterman was a turning point for his vocals as well. I much definitely. Prefer- well, uh, you're the Black Rainbow. He changed. It's, okay. Before right, right before this, you're the Black Rainbow. He did. If you, if you know Coheed and Cambria, as a, a, which you might do, they're a big band. 
for quite a few of the early years and three or four three or four albums they he always had really high vocals and that put me off for a long time from this band i really don't even like the old albums all that much compared to these but uh right before uh he, he did year of the black rainbow which ended up being a, a prequel to everything coheed and cambria he dropped his vocals like a couple of octaves and he started sounding a whole lot better to me and then a few years later he started with the afterman and afterman i feel like it's the peak of uh, everything this band can do and the way his, and his vocals level right up. And there's so much, uh, there's a lot of range of his vocals throughout this, these, this double album is a range of his vocals. I feel like is the best he's done. And thankfully he's maintained it. I don't know. Maybe it's because he don't want, either he don't want to go high no more or maybe he can't because he's a, who know, who knows why, but even now on the post Afterman, well, you know, do we count, the I, I count um, color before the sun color before the sun is uh, outside the storyline but his vocals are still he kill keeps them keeps them where they're at and then even now on the new on the newest thing they've done I'm blanking on the name uh, it's called unheavenly creatures unheavenly creatures his vocals have stayed where they are thankfully so I don't think it seems by now if he had any intention of going high high again he'd be doing it I think it has a lot to do with just in general age, because you can't hit high notes like that. I mean, people can if they're properly trained, and I'm sure he takes care of They've been around since, I think, the mid-90s, 95, 96, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe. And when you're younger, you have an easier time getting those high notes, and he still hits those notes when they play live shows. Mm-hmm. But I think it might just, it's easier to... I think it just sounds better. It sounds so much better when he's not doing high like that. And who knows, uh, I think the one there talks about re, re-recording and redoing old albums, but fans were well, kind of like, don't, I mean, yeah, touch, don't, the, don't touch the old stuff. And I, so, I wish they would. So I think he himself, if he says Afterman is his favorite, he may like the lower down stuff, the lower octave stuff. He wouldn't have thrown his voice that high if he didn't want to. Well, well, he was, was younger also, back then. He was younger and he may have been imitating people that inspired him too. Yeah. And now he's come more into his own, realizing he he feels better and he likes the band, the way the music sounds. I think their biggest biggest inspiration back in the day was was Rush. Yeah, and he sang high too. Yeah. But yeah. So, um, I've read the first album, not this, is not Afterman, but their first album, um, Second, Second Stage, Stage Turbine Blade. I've read that comic, and uh, I did not like it. Well, you got to think this is a story. The, the entire story called the Amory Wars. Yeah. The, he's been writing that since he was like 13. Yeah. He, since he was a little kid. Well, a teenager. And he, you know, and he's so attached to it that maybe he didn't want to change that. He had an additional writer helping him write that. And then the Amory, the, the first couple albums all have comics attached to him. I've only read the first one. I was put off enough that I'm not sure I'm terribly interested in reading the rest of the comics. And then uh, Year of the Black Rainbow is a novel. Mm-hmm. An actual novel. An actual just novel. So that I'm kind of interested to read that because it's a prequel to everything anyway. But when you get to Afterman, it's not a comic. It's not a book or anything. There is a kind of a small... There's a book that you can get which actually tells the storyline, but the book is so small, it's kind of the font's kind of hard to read. But some a glorious person transcribed all of that to a, to a, to a wikia. To a yeah. So you can go to each of the songs. You can look up Afterman and go to each of the songs, and you can read the lyrics for the songs and read the stories that are written 
you can read the entire story on, of, of Afterman on that site, and I recommend doing that. Even in a way, I would maybe read the each episode. I would do the each episode, each track. I would read the storyline and then listen to the song with the lyrics and then go to the next one, go to the next one, go to the next one, because that's what we did. Mm-hmm. I need to do it again because it's been a long time since I read it, honestly. But uh, getting so there's there's that one, and then um, Cover for the Sun wasn't a story, so that was just a, reg- a regular album. And then now Heavenly Creatures actually we have a giant book. There's a legit book for Heavenly Creatures, Unheavenly Creatures, but I just have a hard time reading physical books these days. It's just I wish they put out a digital version of it. Yeah, we've been spoiled by audio books, and because we listened to a bunch of audiobooks and podcasts at work and one of the last things I want to do when I get home is sit, sit down, down and, and read, read something because I've been doing that all day technically at work though some people don't consider that reading I do because yeah. I'm I'm absorbing the knowledge yeah I absorb better hearing it than I do reading it anyway because my brain trails too much when I'm physically reading I've tried to read Unheavenly Creatures and I just can't I can't get nowhere in it to the point where you're reading the same sentence multiple times mm-hmm. um I need to check, but maybe maybe they maybe somebody somebody would transcribe that to online too. Who knows? But anyway, we're getting. I knew we'd be kind of all over the place for Cody and Cameron because it's a big band. It's a big whole thing they've done, they're trying to make movie. Claudio's been trying to get movies made. They're still working on it right now. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I think somebody like Mark Wahlberg has been involved, but as a producer, like I guess he's a Coheed fan and he's been trying to get the, at least the first movie made for a long time, which would have been. I think they would start with Second Stage Turbine Blade. I think to. they would start there. Either start there or do Year of the Black. No, they'd have to start Second Stage because Year of the Black Rainbow would kind of ro- ruin some of the surprises that would yeah, be. Yeah, so Year of the Black Rainbow, when you, when you get to it, you're supposed to come up to it and then it tech, tech, takes place before. That's, that's where I got sidetracked. And you come up to Armory, Armory Wars mm. and that takes place before anything. You mean Afterman? Yeah, yeah. What's Well, yeah. Well, interesting, cool side note. The entire storyline is called the Amory Wars. The main character of the Afterman, the Afterman himself, is a gentleman named Cyrus Amory. Yeah, that's how far this goes in the front. Yeah, it goes in the back. Yeah, so that's why the the the, the wars are done. I don't say the war is done in his name, but of stuff he discovered and mm-hmm. crap like that. I just can't. I haven't put it all all of it together because I've been so I was I've, I've enjoyed Afterman itself so much that I've done very little to attach it to the rest of the. I mean, when I read that other comic, I was so disappointed in it that I haven't been able to branch out further. And then, um, Unheavenly Creatures. Where is that? That That's, takes place after after? after after everything. So it's all it takes after the, uh, what, the the crowing. I think it's what the final concept is. But uh, do you want us to talk about? The uh, the story that Afterman tells. <clears throat> Been a while since I read it, so I mean, I mean, okay. The Afterman. I don't want to dig so deep into everything, because well, he's going to. He has an idea oh. of of exploring what he thinks or something in space. Uh, what he thinks it is, and he's going to go there to find out if he's right. Because what happens is Cyrus Samory is a is a very smart man. He's a very smart scientist, but from my understanding is every time he gets close to discovering something, being the he's always beat by a day, a week, a month, he's always one he just keeps getting beat by other people and so he he's not being 
given what he thinks he deserves. Because he's like, he came up with this idea first, all this stuff first, but then someone else beat him to publishing or beat him to announcing it to the public, and so he just keeps getting left behind. And so finally he comes up with the crazy idea to actually go explore this thing called the key work. And which has been a which is a big deal excuse me, a big deal throughout the whole Coheed and Cambia franchise. I yeah, the whole it. story. It's I believe it's like a hundred and thirty two planets all linked together with this massive blue energy beam that connects all of them together, which is what creates the keywork. And his goal is to investigate the actual energy of the keywork. Mm-hmm. And that's a crazy idea that no one's ever done because people just accept it for what it is. Mm-hmm. They don't... Ask no questions. From my understanding. It's, it, I may be getting some of the details wrong. I, it's been a minute since I've read it myself, but it it's it's close enough to this that I don't think I'm wrong. And having all this scientist scientist stuff starts to weigh a little heavy on his marriage. Uh, so, so he has to shoot off into space. Yeah. Well, he wants to. It's, it, it's a common trope, where he wants to be the best and he wants other people to know the best, and he's so worried about what other people think that he's not worried about his wife, uh, Mary, mm-hmm. and she. She understands. She's like, I love you. You're a smart man. Why do you have to work so hard to make other people know this? Aren't you happy? Can't we just more have or less a- what the, the, the song After Man is about? Mm-hmm. From her perspective. From her perspective. Yeah. So he ends up commandeering a ship. No, he, I think he gets he gets a grant. He gets a ship. He has a ship because the ship's, the ship's AI is his, his AI mother, yeah. mother. And the ship's actually named the, the Merryweather after yeah. his wife. Yeah. And it had an AI in it called that he calls Mother, mm-hmm. which uh, as you listen to the albums all the way through, uh, there's uh, bits of talking between Cyrus and Mother. Uh, I don't know who voices Cyrus. Is I it think, Claudio? I think Claudio voices Cyrus. Maybe. And then Mother is actually Claudio's wife. Yeah, augmented. Yeah, like a, like a digitally augmented. I always thought that was kind of cool. His wife did all the exchanges with him to be the... She, there's quite a few. There's, a, there's, a, there's an exchange in the beginning and exchanges throughout between Cyrus and mother that's tacked on to songs if you listen to the songs in order which yeah. we always do mm-hmm. um you can hear that cool some cool interesting stuff played out in the songs themselves and then you can read the story about the additional things that's going on now one of the first major things that happens in uh, the afterman story is he makes it to the key work is the key work is sort of, do they describe it as some sort of, uh, where, is it, it's been a, like where spirits go when they die? No one knows that. No one knows that? That's what he finds out. That's what he kind of finds. If you look at the, um, Cause the, song, it, the song titles, you see these weird standout songs called the Key Entity Extraction. Mm-hmm. That's what, one through five? Yeah, one through four are on... Ascension and five is the start of Descension, and then it goes into yeah. the rest of the story. Like, what are these weird? We what are these weirdly named songs on here? And those are uh, it's not it's a spoiler because it happens really early in the thing. The key entities are when he gets into because he gets into he just fly I guess, more or less flies into the key work. Well, he no he flies outside because there's too much electrical interference, too much energy disturbance. He flies outside. And then he leaps from his ship. He's tethered to his ship. He leaps from his ship 
recording everything. He has sound, energy radiate. He has all these different recording devices, and he leaps from a ship and then goes into the keywork physically. Yeah. yeah. In a spacesuit. And yeah. that's where you start encountering the key entity extractions is the the spirits of people um that he's uh, ends up uh does he talk to him so much as he experiences well what happens is these people these spirits they are they're stuck in a perpetual like limbo basically a limbo they're stuck in perpetually reliving their last part of their lives trying to feel filled with regret and everything. And these people see him as a living human being and they think that if a real person, they think if they can get inside him, relive their lives, they can fix the part that they messed up in. Mm-hmm. But the, the very first story yeah, you can kind of go into the first. We want to do all five. No, no, like, I'm just an example of the first. It's the opening. It's like the opening track. Yeah, it's track number two. Well, the hollow is the first opening track, and then it goes into straight into Domino. Yeah, straight into Domino. The hollow, uh, as a song, isn't so much a song as it is some kind of, kind of, kind of some, some nice piano and an exchange between Mother and Cyrus. When you read the hollow part of the storyline, it's all the intro stuff we talked about of him getting the ship and going into the thing. Hollow is like a minute, a minute and a half. It's not yeah. even, there's no lyrics. It's literally him talking to mother. And then it, all that leads into him getting to the first, uh, track number two, which is him right, right away encountering the first entity. And what happens is this, this being, this spirit, uh, kind of wins a fight against other spirits and then possesses his body. And that's when we get the first inklings of Domino the Destitute. And I'm not going to go into huge, huge, huge depth into his story, but basically his story turns out he and his brother are good, uh, not pro boxers, they're good just kind of, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, like just sporting people. They're just boxing at a gym. And this low-level criminal uh, sees that he's good with his fists, sees Domino's good with his fists, but his brother isn't. So he goes to Domino, gets, you know, he's like, look, I can get you these fights, I can get you money, and he starts acting as his manager, and he starts getting bigger and bigger, and he starts, basically, it's like a Rocky storyline. Really? He, he yeah. gets real big, and he goes against the champion. While all this is going on, Domino is he's winning all these fights, he's doing all this stuff on these on these lower level I mean he's he's not happy, but he sees his brother who is mediocre at boxing but has a day job and is married and is having a fantastic life. Though it's they're not poverty stricken, but they're I think they do live in like a trailer park or something. But he is happy with what he has. He's not trying to reach above his station. He's just happy with what he has, and that makes him content. But Domino isn't. So fast forward the story a little bit. Uh, Domino keeps winning, but you find out that his uh, to keep him winning is his uh, manager is doping him up. Wow. Yeah. And they finally he 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 manages to get a fight with the uh, I don't know the actual person's name, but his title is the Pride of Utopia, the undefeated. He's called the Pride of Utopia. Never been beat. 
And with Domino's rise to fame, he's like, oh, let, let, you know, they managed to get him into a fight. And the, the song even does a moment where the musical die down and it gets like an old school referee on a microphone and he's giving you a blow by blow of a fight. And it turns out that the reason the Pride of Utopia is undefeated is because there's a reason. Even a doped up, been training for months, peak condition, a couple of years younger, Domino gets knocked out in like seven seconds. Mm-hmm. Knocked out. And it ruined, he gets, because he was supposed to win, the low level criminal had all this money on the fight. He had it staged. He was supposed to win, lost all the money, became, he just plummeted, became destitute <laughs> and when all this kind of comes to fruition the uh his manager gives him a uh, like a one time he's like hey if you we'll give you a job if you pull this job off your debt's forgiven and I'll sponsor you again and doing some other stuff and we'll try to you know we can still make money off of you though not as much as we were hoping and the job is to rob an armored car basically Mm -hmm. and he's given no rules he's do whatever you got to do to get the money i'm not going to help you this is your punishment for failing me and the only person he can go to is his brother and after all this is said and done his brother still loves him and is willing to support him though his brother's wife now wife not girlfriend his brother's now wife disapproves of everything yeah of course they it goes off without a hitch at first. They're doing real well. They get the to the armored car, but it turns out there's three people instead of two, and his brother gets shot. And like the the armored car flips over, the, the third shooter ends up dying in the crash, and there's money everywhere. And Domino, he could get away. He could gather up all the money and leave his brother's corpse, and he could, he could be happy. Mm. And he realizes oh. that's not what he wants. And so this is where all th- th- all this has happened. And then it gets to a single point where now there is a a conflict between the afterman between Cyrus and Domino, who is inhabiting his body, and. Domino reaches against his will because Cyrus is making him go through with what actually happened, not what what Domino wants to happen. Mm -hmm. And so Cyrus forces him to pick the gun up like he's supposed to, and he's struggling the whole time because in reality, Domino couldn't live with what happened, and so he shoots himself while holding his dying brother. And that's where Domino's story ends. But he doesn't want that. He wants to not pull the trigger so how it all kind of this mind game works out is Domino, not Domino, uh, Cyrus forces Domino to pull the trigger by clapping his hand and pulling the trigger down. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, if that didn't happen, Domino would have been able to fully possess Cyrus's body. Yeah. And so Cyrus literally has to, Make the things. dude's already dead, but has to kill the guy again to be released from his hold. Yeah, and that's just story one. That's the one. That's the beginning of the. That's the beginning of the story. That's in a. It's actually in a, eight minute song that never gets old. Yes, is a phenomenal song. But yeah, so 
we can't go through the whole Afterman thing here. One of me spoiled, man. Spoilers on that one a little bit, but hey, that's the first song. Uh, all the, the you'll see if you look to the track listing, they're not all about the candidate because that the cool thing about this story is it's cutting back and forth between what Cyrus is going through, and then it'll cut back to what his back on uh I think Earth or whatever planet she's on, uh, what his wife is going through in his absence. You come to find out uh, how long he's gone and stuff and, and like that. So it's kind of interesting. You see kind of a, a play-by-play of what he's going through and then what she's dealing with back on the planet because, I mean, the whole planet knew who Cyrus. He was kind of a famous. I guess he was kind of famous at the time. Well, the, the journey was he was going to be the first person to explore the key work. Yeah, so they made so. a big announcement, a hubbub, and the government had to get involved because it's the key work and they allowed it and all this other stuff. Yeah. Well, it's a wild, wild ride that it encompasses both because it hits like a peak, like a crazy, like dramatic peak at the end of the first ascension, you know, ascension all the way as far as he can go to what he's doing. And then dissension is what he ends up doing um, with what he knows of the key work. I guess I'm trying not to spoil anything. What he knows of the key work. Yeah. And I don't want to say anything else because it can ruin the story. It's, what dissen- to- it's dissension for a reason. It's called dissen- dissension. It's like a, it's like a. So it's a, I don't think it's a, a double entendre of like because he literally descends from the heaven or from space back onto the planet. And you know, then, I don't want to kind of I don't want to say that. I don't know if you yeah, but uh, and then his life, of course, is uh, descending. Of course, it's, it's all that's so. Heads up, there is no happiness at all in the aftermath. That well, in general, the Amory Wars. Yeah, just in general, it's. They're dark. They're filled with situations that people aren't going to get out of, mm-hmm. that don't get out of them, and it's not meant to be a happy story. I it's don't. Like that, think. It's like that girl's boyfriend in the first one. Yeah, runs and runs and runs and runs and gets murdered anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's, a, that's that's the first that's the first comic book. But uh, uh, there's no hap- there's no happiness well, throughout Afterman. I I love it for that. I'm I'm tired of everything. I'd be so happy go lucky and. End with rainbows and everybody wins in the end. There's just well to not even talk about Afterman, but to go back to the very, very first second stage turbine. That's why I said the boyfriend of the girl. I was talking. I was going to talk about Maria and Matthew. Well, yeah. Well, and, yeah. We, we you know spoil that for people who yeah. want to read that. And then poor Josephine. Oh, yeah. Poor Josephine. There's a lot of death and stuff. Um. So don't go in expecting um. And as I say it's spoilers to say this doesn't end happy. I mean, it may be a spoiler, may not be. There's there is no. There is no happy ending. There's not, nothing good happens to anybody in this, and it's. I think I enjoy it because because, because I'm tired of happiness and everything. Because it, it, it's it's boring. Everybody comes on top. Everybody everybody wins. Like, come on, sick of it. Or well, it's either that or let's kill off everybody so we ain't got to write a story. That too. That's another bad one. So there is an ending to the, all this whole thing. Before when you go through the entire the entire plot and you get to the ending and then. Um, and that's just it's just it's it's cool because it's more like uh it's more like the real world yeah like when you know the coming back and like the 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 stuff he has to deal with the stuff he has to deal with going there the stuff he has to deal with coming back it ain't like like say it ain't all sunshine and rainbows wherever wherever that quote comes from i forget where that's from but uh Mm. i think it's fantastic all the way through like claudio uh the music is fantastic it's their best musically it's their best albums uh, the p- particular song I'll mention here in a minute, the song we've picked to play on the end of this is, I think, Coheed and Cambria's best song, period. 
it's a it's a favorite. I think even outside of its plot, the 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 significance of the plot of this song, even outside of that, musically, it's the most wild and fun and incredible song they've ever written. There's nothing I don't think I don't think anything matches it on on Afterman. Mm-hmm. I think it's a peak on the on the it's like a it's like it's like the peak of the album and then the album I don't say it and then the album kind of starts to relax I think it's because it's, he's the part this album he's the beginning of dissension right mm-hmm. and then he's like the peak of dissension and then you kind of the rest of the songs on dissension they're not all mellow mind you but they but when you see the highs that this song gets to it's the perfect peak that start to begin to like the album's put together so wonderfully it might have a lot to do with the fact how much we love that particular story too his story, I mean, his, the, the, the song we picked is the is the combined, we'll say here in a minute, the combined story of the tattoo that Blake did on his arm. And we'll try to get a good picture of his tattoo that won't make no sense if you don't know the songs, but it's still an awesome tattoo. Anything else you want to say if we, t- we talk about the particular song? I mean, it's, it's a whole, there's a whole storyline. Yeah. I mean, the whole, that's the problem with the whole thing is it's more, more and it seems more cohesive too. Like we talked about the other kind of like the, the first comic, second stage turbine blade, is like a Saturday morning cartoon. I didn't, I mean, like it's all over the place. It's very fantastical. This <clears throat> is more not realistic because of everything that does go on, but it's more focused. Great. He did write this like fifteen years later, exactly. 15, 20 years experience. later. Experience. That's all I can say. His experience makes the writer. Yeah. He's, he's he's older. He's got more experience, and he knew exactly what he wanted to say. With the other ones, there was a lot of world building. He had to he had to introduce the the arch wizards and the prize, and, and introduce Inferno and Mariah. But none, but none of that stuff. But that's the thing about Afterman is it's before all that. So all that stuff he introduces isn't really in the Afterman. Exactly. And I think and I think it helps because Afterman is so focused on a much smaller series of though though. The the what le- what the events make happen afterward. What happens because of the events is is very large. Yeah. The story itself is so focused on this particular this series of moments. Yeah. While Afterman focuses on a man's life, well, that, only one part of his life. Yeah, only one part of his life. While the other ones are a a war that encompasses years. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff to throw in there and everything. I think it's just a, a focused, tight story. And maybe mm-hmm. we've, we read some of the other comics, like because he he got rid of the third one because he didn't like one of the ones. Yeah, one of the other comics he had started a couple years back. He had like, I'm not, I don't like it. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna redo the whole comic. He scrapped the idea and started over. Yeah. So I mean, we have the uh, I have digitally. I read the first one and, and we own the second one digitally. But I've been so put off. I'm just like, don't want to read more of this. And the art was all over the place. It was just like yeah, every issue had a different artist, which I I did not care for. It's that confusing. Um, I think I I don't know if I ever bought it, but I may have the 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 ebook of Black Rainbow, which I'm kind of interested to see what that's about. I know I know who it's about. I mean, it's yeah. about Coheed and Cambria themselves and, yeah. and Inferno, their Coheed brother. KBI. Yeah. I'm going to try to explain all the Coheed lore that we, that we, at least the Coheed lore that we know. Yeah. This is the best thing they've, I mean, it's the best thing they've done. I think, I hate to say it, I think it's the best thing they'll ever do. I mean, even hearing Unheavenly Creatures, I was super excited for Unheavenly Creatures. It is good. Musically, yeah, it's fine. Uh, I've had a hard time getting my, getting a grasp on the, 
on the story and because I just need a, a better way to read it holding a giant book in my because it's like a weird it's not a normal sized book it's like a big book like in each page and some and some of the pages have these really great art in it if you, you, you flip through yeah, it, flip through so it. the whole pages of writing and then the other page is like the art kind of depicting one of the scenes it's really it's a really nice book we, we bought the collector's edition whatever of unheavenly creatures we need to actually give it a go yeah I need to maybe get even a more chance uh, and I mean it's an, it's unheavenly creatures like Part one. It's Vaxus Act One. Yeah, he's planning. He's, yeah, he's yeah he's planning. Obviously, he's planning a big big thing. So we'll get more into that. I'm on, I need to. I need to. It's been a while since I looked. See if anybody transcribed it digitally anywhere. I love so we we'll do an audiobook version of his of his uh, of his things. You know, it'd be nice. Yeah, even if he did it, you know, he did that children's book. Um, Megawatt. Yeah, Mega. Something in the kill in the Kilowatt King is a children's book. Mm-hmm. I bought it because I love Claudio. Uh, I read it. It's okay. It's literally. I mean, it's a children's book. It's for kids. I got like Cooper can read it when he when he's he can probably, he probably read it now. Actually, he's he's want, got he's got good read. But I don't know where to get it. But there was a audio version where Claudio read the Kid Crazy and the Kilowatt King. There it is. Kid Crazy and the Kilowatt King. Where there's an audio version where Claudio reads the book. He cool. wrote the book for his kid. Yeah. So I was curious about that. I, I, I wish he would do a. I wish you would do audio of his of at least at least audio of Black Rainbow and maybe the audio of Afterman would be go would be dope too because it's it's all written and then I start doing audio for you kickstart this stuff I mean people would I mean I'd pay yeah it because they've done it before is I'm I'm not a huge fan of them but I'd be, I'd, I I do enjoy them uh, graphic audio does comic books constantly yeah is graphic, graphic audio still around we ain't done one I in think a while. So. We got something into Audible. We kind of abandoned Graphic Audio. But Graphic Audio could totally rock the the Evil Ink Productions and do all the comic books because they have Kill Audio, the the Legend of On Bag or something like that, and then a bunch of other stuff. They could do all of it. Yeah, I'm surprised. Claudio, and that would I'm surprised increase. Claudio hasn't done more with it. I mean, if anything, that the, the freaking things could be a could be a cartoon. It could be a could be a. A, 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 a Saturday, not a Saturday morning cartoon. It's, just, it's too violent for that. It could be an HBO cartoon or something because it's. On, yeah, uh, I just don't know how it's. I mean, that's because that that would also increase to make it live action. Yeah, like increase the flair. They they could give it to Netflix. Netflix makes killer cartoons. Yeah, and animated. So I don't stuff. know. But I mean, who, who knows what dealings Claudio has? You know, been been rolling on for years. I know, and it takes years to make anything happen. It also may have something to do. Maybe he's not interested. Like he's he's focused so focused on doing the comic books. Maybe that's what he loves. Maybe he's not real big into well, the original the, idea for Cody was a, was to be a comic book. Exactly. So maybe he's not too focused on the other ideas that. yet. Yeah. If somebody throw some money at him, though, he'd make a cartoon or a live action movie. I don't know how well it would translate to a live action movie. I don't no. know. I need a big budget though. Yeah. That's a cool thing about, I mean, Afterman, I guess you would do a big budget, too, to make it live action or anything like that. It'd be awesome. But we can go on and on and on about Kobe. <laughs> Kobe's a big a big band just because of the sheer scope of what they've done with the band. We can go on forever ever about that. Um, I think about a good time to wrap it up. We got anything else before we wrap it up? And I'm, I talk, we talk about the song here? I don't really. No, not without going on more tangents. No more tangents. Um... We, the song I picked, of course, because it's my probably my favorite song on Afterman. It's a song that's uh, a good piece of a combination of Blake's uh, tattoo. I don't want to go into the spoilers of what Blake's tattoo really means, or the two songs. The two songs that's inv- involved is uh, the two two of the key entities, uh, Vic the Butcher, 
and Century, and The that, Defiant. Mm-hmm. So um, those are both songs, incredible, incredible songs. I for a long time I was I thought Vic the Butcher was be my favorite song, and then as more as I got more enveloped in the album and stuff like that, it became the song I'm going to play, which is Century. Uh, Century the Defiant, I think it's Entity Extraction it's Four. Key Entity Extraction Five. Century the Defiant. Because Evagria is four. She's before Century? I thought she helped Century. Because it goes Vic, and then what Vic does, Evagria helps rescue, and then seeing someone in danger, Century comes to the aid of Evagria, because Evagria can't hold off any longer Mm -hmm. with what she's doing to keep the other spirits back, and Century comes and... And then that's where you get all of Vic's story, and then you get all the Century's story, and they how they merge, and you realize that they're the yeah. same story. Yeah, Blake's it. Avoiding so spoiler, Blake's tattoo is a combination of Vic the Butcher and Century Defiant in one baller tattoo, that I've never seen anything like it before. And even the guy who wanted the guy was excited to do it, and was blown away by the idea that the tattoo artists, which are rarely impressed by anything, because they're always drawing hearts and stars. And Blake had a legitly cool idea for a tattoo, an original idea for a tattoo that you won't see anywhere else, which we'll post. Try to get a picture. It's hard to get a picture of the tattoo without having Blake be shirtless. Be shirtless, which we don't want that all over our Facebook and Instagram. But I think we can get a pretty good, we can get the majority of the tattoo, I think, besides maybe the hook part. Well, I can find a sleeveless shirt or something. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll post a, a cool cool picture of that. You listen to the songs, listen to the songs, the, uh, the tattoo will make Makes sense. sense. We're going to play uh, Century because I, Century is is one of the most one of the best songs ever. Like the the music's incredible, the the meaning behind it's incredible. It's so exciting and so like bombacious of a song. Like it's just the it's Coheed and Cambria firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Like everything they can throw at you in a song, they they it's. I would love. I'm. We're waiting for. Uh, because they, Coheed has done big tours where they tour entire albums on anniversaries. And we're not quite... A few years ago, they did the third or fourth album. I think the next one they do will be the Year of the Black Rainbow. The Year, the Year of the Black Rainbow tours. We're waiting patiently for the Afterman, where they play the Afterman. And now, they, now in certain... In, in concert, regular concerts, that will play Afterman songs, which I'm like, ah, I, need, I need the... I want the whole I need, thing. The, I need the whole shebang or nothing at all. I'll, I'll just wait. So we're waiting patiently for the anniversary tour of Afterman uh, to see that in its entirety. Because they play the whole album from start to finish in order, is what, is what Coheed tends to do when they do the anniversary tours. So we're waiting for that, and I can't wait to hear these songs and hear what they Century Live. I mean, the whole, whole album live is going to be incredible. So, I don't know. Anything you want to add? We're going to play Century on the end here. No, I just... I do think uh, we mentioned how in the album there is uh, interaction between Mother and Cyrus. I think this song covers everything because you'll get the song, and the song, the whole song length is like almost six minutes. Yeah. But the last minute or so is the interaction between Mother and Cyrus and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so it'll give you a tiny glimpse of the story that hopefully will pique your interest into looking more into it. Yeah. It is like, uh, this is the, cause this is the beginning of dissension. So you will see, I think the last, I think it's like the last 30 seconds to a minute is if yeah. even all that much is, is Cyrus like, talking to mother. Yeah. So you'll get that. I, I won't cut that out. So it'll be a little sneak peek into a deep, deep part of the story there. 
the story, when it comes to the story, you do want to read, I think it's better to read the, read the storylines first before you hear the songs because the songs are telling, the, the music like Kobe always does, the songs are telling the story, but they use uh, metaphor and other, other things like that to push the story forward. So it's kind of cool to read the stories and then hear the songs tell that same story again, but in, in, a, in a different way. So it's very, very, very cool. Yeah, we because we before we actually read uh, perfect example before we actually read Vic the Butcher's actual story. What we had come up with on our own was wrong. It was incredibly wrong, but the end result was still correct. Yeah, what we, what we thought was going on. We actually listened to Afterman a few times back in the day, years ago when it came out. You listened to it a few times before we ever. Thought to look into the thought story. to look into the storylines, you know, because Kobe's so for so long, they've been writing songs, I mean, writing albums about what the storylines are. Never, never got invested, but something about a couple of years into Afterman started drawing us in, and we got way invested into it, of course, and it turned into one of the best things ever happened to us, and musically and for storylines. But I think with that, uh, I think we can wrap it up here. So we covered, we had five games lined up. We did three. I think you think Gamefly will be appeased. They should. I might have to go outside and sacrifice a lamb or two, but it'll be fine. Yeah. Because we'll eat the lamb and have euros after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. If we uh, if, if you don't hear from us again, then Gamefly has was overly upset, and the the orange the orange clad ninjas were have returned. They. I can't fight us. a ninja. They smoked. Smoked. I think that's smoked? the past tense of smited. Because when we, I got smited, you were smoked. I've never heard the word smoke before in my life. I think it, well, it's the same thing with like you uh, swum. Swum's a word. Ugh. It's a. a I forget word. the past tense version of it. Swimmed. Yeah. No. I swimmed real good. It's like he. They swum. No, they swam. He swum. I think you're making up words. No, S U M. Well, why not S U M? S W U. That's some S W U M. You're supposed to be a writer. Uh, but swum is a word, just like the word thunk. Yeah, thunk is a word. Yeah, it's I know a thunk, different. I, I, know thunk, I know thunk is a word. We're not, let's, let's do a history. Let's do an English lesson on the end of this podcast here. Uh, anyway, so three games out of five, not bad. Those two, those two games are are, are not going to not get done. They just get pushed to the next game fly episode, which. Uh, was it uh, ten episodes? So twenty five. It'll be it'll be thirty. Episode thirty five will be more mm-hmm. more GameFly. We'll have played more games by then. They might they might get buried. I tend to try to do the GameFly episodes by the. I start with the most recent thing we sent back and go backwards. Unless we completed a game, then we'll actually talk oh, yeah, about. We, well, that. The, the, yeah. the completed games don't count. The completed games become regular episodes. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you're if you're paying attention to how these how this how these, how these episodes are made and stuff, you know, like that, you'll. You'll, you'll get the gist of what we're doing. So if, you know, you know, everything works out, and you know, five episodes we'll have another another guest on. Mm-hmm. So, which we already have them that person lined up. We won't spoil it. I mean, we might, we probably already spoiled it. I, mean, I think we already said it before, but we won't worry about it. Anyway, tangents are our best friend. It makes the podcast longer and seem like it's more important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> We'll wrap it up here, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Check it out. Uh, check us out blah, on all the little social media nonsense that we, we piddle around on. I'm going to do a post pretty soon. If anybody, I, I forgot to mention it before. Um, I'm going to post me and Blake's gamer tags probably 
in a post in case people want to uh, friend us on the Xbox. Our gamer tags actually match on both Xbox and PlayStation. Now. Now they do, finally. Um, I say send us a friend request on there. We'll, uh, I, if, if there's a way to maybe send us a message first to say that you're a, a podcast fan, a fan of the podcast first. I don't accept very many. I don't have very many friends on Xbox and that's on purpose. Cause I don't like the, the pop-ups and all the other nonsense. Of course I've got most of my notifications turned off. But anyway, if you want to follow us on the Xbox and the PlayStation, that's, that's perfectly fine. We may or may not play games with you. We may or may not ignore you completely. Who knows this leading up to, uh, our, massive investment we've been putting into no man's sky my me more so than blake but i'm going to post a post with our gamer tags and then i'm going to post right under that our no man the no man's sky does friend codes because no man's sky has cross play between pc ps4 and xbox so you can actually play with us in no man's sky if you're interested we're we'll depends on how you act you don't act right, we won't play with you. But uh, we're interested if anybody wants to drop into our No Man's Sky games and play with us and do missions and see what we've built and what we have. It, it's a it's a game. No Man's No Man's Sky is a game about sharing and exploring. Don't let that not act right comment because we're also willing to help teach you. Yeah, teaching is different than coming there and hollering and acting a fool. Exactly, but we want you know just understand that if you come, don't be afraid to not know how to play the game. We will help you. Yeah, as we can't, best as we we can't can. teach all. Everybody, we can't have it like if everybody listens to podcasts, hits us all at the same time. That's impossible. But who knows? Uh, no Man's Sky is also not for everybody. But anyway, the reason is I'm gonna put the same post. I'll have our gamer tags in it. While well, I'm also gonna post our friend codes in the same post. I will post somewhere around the post for this episode. Somewhere in between now and then. Who knows when? I'm hungry now. It's time for lunch. Uh, is that your stomach? <laughs> Maybe. Wow, that's weirdly timed. I don't know if the microphones picked it up or not. No. <laughs> that was loud. Uh, anyway, so friend codes. Um, if you're on Xbox, I don't think you need to use the friend code. You'll just pop up on No Man's Sky. If you if you if you play on PC, who knows? I don't know about PC. Nick, oh, that, that's how I do. Our, our friend Nick, who's been teaching us, who has taught us No Man's Sky, plays on PC. It's he runs an Xbox app. It don't it don't seem no different. Uh, but if you're actually playing on PlayStation, which we haven't, we have we have a couple other friends we're trying on PlayStation to get to play with us. We've yet to play with anybody on a PlayStation through our X. I'm curious how I'm not, I've never seen cross really seen cross play in action. So if you're on PlayStation, use the friend code. You'll find us, and we'll need to uh, have, have your friend code at some point, too. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah. get it figured out. We'll figure it out. That's if anybody even shows any interest. It's an incredible game uh, that uh, should have died when it first launched. But it survived. They, they're keeping every promise. Now, they, they're keeping every promise they've ever made. Yeah. So with that, I should have said that in the earlier part, in the thing I forgot to mention it, but whatever. It happens. So, with all of that done, we're going to wrap up and play this song. You got anything you want to say, Blake? Uh, please enjoy Century the Defiant. And I want to wish everybody a good evening and good night.
connection to principal craft has been lost. Attempt to reconnect in 3, 2, 1. Connection failed. Recalculating navigation via secondary mobile apparatus. Estimated speed at falling rate of 263 knots. Rate of survival, 33%. How long have we been away? Approximate calculation, 547 days. Cyrus, do you still want to go home?